Morning. Um, I was going to start by saying that, as Dave's already said, this is going to echo a lot of what Jeff said so clearly and so well last week. Um, but it also, as we've stood and worshipped this morning, um, we've sung a lot of what I'm going to say as well. I would encourage you, if you're listening online, if you haven't listened to Jeff, that you stop listening to me and you listen to Jeff first and then you listen to me later. From the time that we become a Christian, from the time that we ask Jesus into our life, we start walking home. We start walking heavenward. We become citizens of heaven. We become heirs with Jesus. We are no longer aliens. Uh, we are aliens on earth. Um, we become part of heaven. And every step, every day, every decision that we make, every thought, every attitude, we do whilst we know that Jesus is Lord, whilst we know that Jesus is our Savior, whilst we know that we're part of God's kingdom, whilst we know that God has a plan and a purpose for our life. This came to me recently as a thud moment. A thud moment for me is when something drops, as Jeff would say, from your head to your heart, and it stops being a vague understanding or a good understanding or a belief or something that you can talk about and say that you would accept and believe. And somehow it becomes something much stronger than that. It's something very firm. Um, it's just a knowing. I can't put it into more words than that. But it's also a thud moment because when you say the word thud, it's got like a resonance and a reverberation. And whenever this happens, for me, there are consequences. There are ripples and adjustments and things that I have to do in my life. So this thud lands that I'm walking home in a way that I've never really understood before. And then almost immediately afterwards, I'm thinking, oh boy, how am I walking my daily life? If I'm absolutely brutally honest, if I sit down and think about my life, every moment of every day, how am I actually living that? What does that really look like? And then over the decades that I've been a Christian, what has that looked like? What has my walk been like? And then as I look forward, how am I going to make sure that the life that I live from now on is exactly how he wants me to live my life? I found it really, really challenging. And I know for me, I look back over decades and I know there have been times when I haven't walked well when I have meandered away, when I've done things that I shouldn't have done, when I've said things that I shouldn't have said. But I also know that because I've gone to God and asked him to forgive me for that, that he's set me back on the right path and I can walk forward again. But I believe that there are people here this morning or listening this morning and what you're trying to do is walk forward looking backwards. You're trying to walk forwards looking backwards. And there are things, or maybe just one thing, it could be big, it could be small, and it is holding your attention in a way that God doesn't want you to be held. And it says in 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just, he will forgive. 
But then it also says in Philippians 3, verse 14, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. One thing I do, I forget, I strain towards, I press on. It's our choice. And I believe God this morning, for some of us, would say, just turn around and look again at me. Just turn around and look again at me. We don't stop walking once we become a Christian. There's never a pause moment. There's never a holiday. We are always walking forward. We're always walking with God. And if we're not walking forward, as Jeff spoke again last week, we are regressing. For me, I picture it, but if I'm not walking on the right path, I've meandered off. I've wandered off somewhere else. I'm constantly moving, but not necessarily in the right direction. So what I want to do this morning is to take you on a walk. Oh, let's see if this is... Do you think this is working, guys? Oh, okay. Don't worry. Forget it. It's all right. That's true. If you want to see pictures, you can look at the back. But anyway... Um, so we walk every day. We do a, let's have a go. Go there. There we go. We go on a walk. We leave our house, obviously. <laughs> we walk down some streets. We go across the main road. Um, we walk through a housing estate. But within 10 minutes, we're at the bottom of the footbridge. We go over the footbridge. We walk through a right mix of dunes and pine woods and under bridges and through meadows. And we end up at the point that you can just about see on the screen. And Mike's at the top of the slope. And for me, from that point onwards, we're walking home. I'm on my homeward journey. But almost immediately after that, we come to a choice of paths. Some of you will recognize this path. I know that quite a lot of you have walked this path before. Um, and it cuts across where we come from walking up this hill. It's a wide, graveled path. It's really, really obvious. It's really clean, clear that there's a path. In front of us, though, maybe not. Can you press it for me? In front of us, there's a different path. Um, it's a wild path, and there's a sort of meadowy area. And then the path has got grass that comes to sort of knee-high at the moment. Um, it's really narrow. It's beautiful. It's full of wildflowers and grasses and all types of things. And you can walk down this path. And that's the path that we choose every day as we walk. And as you walk down this path, it joins another path. This path is very different. The path that we join is really uneven underfoot. It's rocky. It's got roots. It's, gravel, it's um, tangly. If it rains, it's wet and slippy and boggy. And the further on you go, the worse and worse it gets. You can only ever walk it single file. You have to really focus on what you're doing. And there's a picture that you can't see of a bramble that we now duck under because it goes right across the top of our heads. And the uh, foliage around us is up here. And you can't see the path. You just have to know that there's a path down there and you're walking along. And you completely concentrate on this path. And all the time, over there, is the main path. All the time, you can see this wide, safe, secure path. 
And the only other thing I wanted to say pictorially was that there are little bits that you can cut back across, but if you're careful and you look, there's always ways of getting back to the main path. We choose the path that we walk home along, and the path is determined by every decision, every thought, every attitude, which then becomes our actions, everything that we do and everything that we speak. And James Aubrey reminded us a couple of weeks ago, it's our attitude that results in our actions. He was talking about sowing seed, and he was saying how if you have the attitude of a sower, when you go out about your life, you'll not only then recognize when you can sow, you'll also take those opportunities. And our attitude comes from our heart. It's where our heart is based. It's what's important to us. Dave's already said it this morning. It's where the focus of our heart is. And in Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything that you do flows from it. Very few people in my experience who have had a living, real relationship with Jesus, who have accepted him as Lord, who have determined that he is going to be number one in their life, very few people like that deliberately and suddenly walk away. It's not suddenly something that happens. However, it's something that starts off at a very, very gradual drift. And our eyes stop focusing on Jesus and something else catches our attention. That's quite natural. It's what we then do that counts. It's whether we then shift our gaze back onto Jesus or whether we think, oh, that's very intriguing. That's very interesting. I might go and explore that a bit more. And it's a bit like the path that you haven't been able to see, which is full of wildflowers, and it draws you in. It's attractive. It's enticing. And you start walking down this path. But before you realize it, you end on a different sort of path, which is rocky and prickly and difficult to navigate. You can only walk down it on your own and it absorbs all your attention. This path's name is a path of distraction, a path of disillusionment, a path of deception, a path of disobedience. What I forgot to tell you about the meandering path is there's about three trees down this path, and yet when you get to the end of it, and it's quite long, it's called the Woodland Walk. It's ridiculous, the name. There are three trees on this really, really long walk, and they call it a Woodland Walk even though over there is a massive pine wood. You sort of think, how on earth can you name this a woodland walk when the wood is over there? And it's the same for us. We don't aim to end up on the wrong path. We drift onto the wrong path, but we then have to choose to come back off the wrong path. Even when it's really difficult to navigate, we can convince ourselves that we're in the right place. And as Jeff talked about last week, the reason that we can do that is because our heart gradually hardens. Step by step, as we move away from God, our heart hardens. And step by step, as our heart hardens, we become less and less sensitive to his spirit. In Hebrews, oh no, three, which I've lost, hang on a minute. Bear with me. Hebrews three, verse eight, and also in verse 15, and then in Psalm, it comes from Psalm 59, verse 8. It says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not harden your hearts. 
We're called to focus on God. Hebrews 12, verse 2, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And Psalm 16, verse 8 says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. We often say that um, societies and hobbies and groups and interests and the things that we enjoy and we like to do, that there's nothing wrong with them. I've decided I have a slightly different approach to that now. I've decided that they're only right when it is exactly what God wants me to be doing at exactly the right time. So that every single moment, every single day, I am in the right place at the right time. I can sow seed, I can reap a harvest, I can walk with Jesus. So I fix my eyes on Jesus. It sounds like it could be a demanding thing um, and difficult maybe to do at times, but it's actually very simple. It's a daily decision to follow his path, constantly sensitive to his Holy Spirit. So what is the path like that we are supposed to walk down? What does that path look like? There are so many verses in the Bible about the right path, but they're all dependent on us fixing our eyes on him and walking his way. They all start if, or uh, if you do, or once you have done, or then. There's a condition on them. To be able to get the benefit of walking down the right path, we have to submit everything, as we've been singing and hearing this morning, everything to God and fix our eyes on him. For me, in the natural, the sort of path that's the big, wide, gravelly path is not a path I would choose to walk down. I would always go for the one that meanders off the one that disappears into the distance, the one that you can't see properly. But in terms of my spiritual life, I'm not called to meander. We are not called to meander along. We are called to walk, to walk heavenward, to walk home, following a purpose, following a plan that God has designed for us. It's not a hard path to find. It's not a hard path to follow, as long as we keep looking where we're going. There are times when you can only see one step ahead. We managed to walk this daftly at one point in the winter with no form of light and it was pitch black. But this path we could still find our way along. And Psalm 16 verse 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. God will make known to us the path that we should be following. There's no need to concentrate on my footing walking on this path. Whereas on the meandering path, I've got to focus and make sure I'm not tripping over or slipping or anything like that. On this path, I can keep my head up. I can walk secure. I can walk free. Um, There's nothing to unbalance me or make me fall over. Isaiah 26, verse 7, the path of the righteous is level. You, the upright one, make the way of the righteous smooth. Proverbs 4, verse 11 to 12, I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Another thing about this path is it's wide, and we can walk together. And we're called to walk together. As a family, as brothers and sisters covenanted together, we walk together. It's how we encourage one another. It's how we provoke one another. It's... um, where we share teaching, it's how we can serve, it's where we're connected in. 
And it's a really positive, good place to be, walking with other people. I'm not suggesting it's always easy. Sometimes in our church family, there can be people that you find maybe difficult to talk to, or there might be things that happen that you find difficult, but that's part of being a family, and that's part of how God draws us together and helps us to walk forward. But there's other people on this path. There are people on this path who don't know Jesus yet. We walk on this path, we meet people, and often we meet the same people over and over again. And we can we say hi, and then we start talking about maybe the weather. Um, we introduce ourselves. Um, maybe there's been a few people that they've talked about something that they're struggling with. Maybe there's been a health issue in their family, and we've been able to say that we'll pray. Um, we've had folk round from the garden, all because we have walked on the path that God has asked us to walk on. There are people on that path. And I know for me, as somebody who struggles being around people all the time, God will always give you space. If you're somebody and being with people is quite difficult, God will always provide somewhere for you to recuperate and recover and restore. But we are called to walk together. It is very dangerous to think that you can walk your spiritual life on your own. Very dangerous. It's not how God has designed it at all. It's also very dangerous to think that you can do that with a few friends who happen to believe what you believe at a given time. It is not how God intended us to walk, and there's so many reasons for that which we can't go into about how God wants us to walk together as a family. And we're not just walking with people. We have our great companion. We have the Holy Spirit with us who walks every step of the way with us, empowering us, um, looking after us, guiding us, being our peace, being our comfort. Every single step of the way, he is there. It's the safest and securest path possible, and it gives us the best environment for walking home, and that's what God wants us to do. Proverbs 3.23 says, Then you will go on your way in safety. Your foot will not stumble. Psalm 121, verse 3 says, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not stumble. Sometimes it can be a hard path. I'm not suggesting it's always plain sailing. <clears throat> when Mike and I have walked this path, that we have walked it every day, there have been howling gales, there has been ice, there has been all sorts of weather, but we walk every day regardless. We put on the right equipment, the right clothing, and we walk. And God always promises that he's going to keep us safe and secure. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. When you keep your eyes focused on him, when you walk down the path that he's calling you to. So it's a path that is beautiful in its own way because it's God's way. He knows what's best for us. He knows the best things for us. He knows the best way for us to walk. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Um, I took other photographs of how this path then goes on. It twists and turns. It goes up and down hills. It goes under bridges. Um, it goes across a meadowy land, 
It's not always the same. It has twists and turns, but it is always really clear. You cannot get lost on this path. And when we follow this path, God's path, we cannot get lost. But something I love about God is that even though we walk together, we're also walking individually. And God knows each and every one of us individually. And God brings things onto this path just to delight us, just to treat us. Mike made a friend very early on when we started walking, who is about this big and is black and fluffy, whose name is Poppy. And from literally the first week, this little black spaniel dog, whenever it sees Mike, comes bounding across at great speed, sits on his feet and demands to be stroked before we can go anywhere else. And the owner said she does this to nobody else. She only does this to Mike. Um, and Mike loves it, much as he would say, oh, I really don't mind if she comes to see me or not. He loves it when this dog comes running over. I couldn't care less about this dog coming to see me to have a stroke. But we walk over a railway bridge. And for those of you that have walked with us, when we walk over this railway bridge, if there is a train coming, I will wait. Mike will scurry off the bridge as fast as possible. He finds me highly embarrassing. But I stand there and wait for the train to get near enough to see me, and I wave as much as I possibly can. And nine times out of ten, I get a hoot, and I get thumbs up, and I get a smiley face, and the driver grins. He's probably thinking, what a daft woman. It's that woman again on that bridge. But it does me good, and it does them good. And God did, puts things on our path that will delight us on our way. So it's our choice. It's our walk home. But we fool ourselves, as Jeff was saying, if we think it costs anything less than absolutely everything. It does cost absolutely everything. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. But then you think about what this path is, what this path actually means. We walk along a path that God designed for us. God of all creation, God almighty, the holy one, the resplendent one. He has designed a path for us to walk on. Not only that, we're walking home. We're walking towards Jesus. We're walking heavenward. And not only that, we have his Holy Spirit with us as a constant companion, step by step, every single day. And that doesn't make it sound like such a difficult choice, does it? Because of where we're walking, who we're walking with, and where we're walking to. I want to finish by reading from Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 27, which summarize, I think, everything I've been saying. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Above all else, guard your heart. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. 
Give careful thoughts the path to your feet and be steadfast in all of your ways. As I finish, the worship team are going to come back up and we're going to sing um, the chorus, Everything and Nothing Less. It says, Humbly I stand um, before you as an offering, everything I give to you, everything and nothing less. With open arms, I surrender, I surrender all. If you are somebody who feels that you are walking forward whilst looking backward, use this as an opportunity to say, yes, God, I'll turn around. If you feel that you are walking down a path which is not the path that God wants you to walk down, turn to him and he will get you back on the right path. If you are somebody who meanders off but then meanders back, you go for little forages and then you wander your way back again. I believe today God is challenging you and saying, you need to be steadfast. I want you to be steadfast in your walk with me. And if you look at your life and you examine your life and you think, do you know, I think I'm doing all right at the moment. Just enjoy the fact that we can worship him. Thank you.